0: Hello and welcome to episode number two of the TBC podcast, the official podcast of the Bethel Collegian, the flagship student newspaper of Bethel College in North Newton, Kansas. I'm your host and editor-in-chief of the Collegian, Brett Esch, and it is Tuesday, February 14th, or Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day and happy two days after a Chiefs Super Bowl victory. As a reminder, you can find this show on our website, collegian.bethelks.edu, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And once again, a shout out to the KBCU FM 88.1 team for allowing us to host this podcast in this highly professional space. I've got soundproofing. I've got a easily three-figure microphone in front of me right now to give you the best quality that we can. So with that, let's jump right into the Collegian ticker. Starting with the news, the Beyond BC series kicked off with Dr. Lauren Friesen on January 31st. You can read a recap from that session from our own Lauren McCreary on the news section of collegian.bethelks.edu. A target date has been set for a student vote on the new Student Government Association Constitution. On February 27th, students will head to the polls or to Google Forms to vote on a revised document to simplify the structure of SGA. Our own April Pouse has a story on that with quotes from Vice President Josh Cannell on the news section of the site. In the entertainment world, the Bethel Springs Show is under New Direction. As Karen Robb has stepped down, there's a breaking news story from our own Allison Weaver, who will also be joining later for an interview to talk more in depth on this topic. And Katie Schmidt has been named the new director per an announcement from the school. Must try local coffee shops in the area, ranked by our own Rebecca Schlosser, also available in the entertainment section. Moving over into sports, the Bethel cheer and dance teams placed in the top eight in the annual Thresher Invitational two weeks ago. A recap from Jordan Twinter is on the sports section of the website. Both basketball teams will be taking on Southwestern on Wednesday, that's the 15th, and McPherson on Saturday, that's the 18th. Sports writer Jenna Mahoney will be joining us in a bit to talk more about both of those squads. Softball plays in Overland Park on Thursday, that's the 16th, and the cheer and dance KCAC competitions are on Friday, that's February 17th. Bethel Dance head coach Kylie McCord will be joining us in a bit to talk more about her team's progress throughout this season and the message to her team heading into that competition Friday. If you'd like to submit information to be read in the Collegian Ticker, you can email Collegian at BethelKS.edu or you can DM at Bethel Collegian on Twitter or Instagram. All right, first up, we have Allison Weaver, who is the deputy editor and entertainment editor of The Collegian. Thank you for joining, Allie.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, like Brett said, I go by Allie, full name Allison. Um, I'm a senior here at Bethel College. I've been with The Collegian for three years. I think I started as a writer and then jumped into news editing, and then here I am, deputy and entertainment
0: absolutely so uh, obviously the big story in entertainment this week just kind of jumping right into it is uh, Karen Robb who's an adjunct professor here at Bethel uh, stepping down as a director of Tick Tick Boom which was the uh, the spring musical which originally was Violet and I know we had another story about the switch from Violet to Tick Tick Boom yeah so just kind of give a rundown of the spring show and kind of what all these changes have looked like uh, for that department
1: yeah. It seems like, I mean, like you said, it seems like they've had a little bit of trouble just getting settled into a spring production. So first they had Violet on tap and then not, they had not enough people auditioned, So they switched it to tick, tick, boom. And now another big break in that story is uh, director Karen Robb is stepping down after uh, some emergent I, I, problems, I guess, yeah. uh, an emergency at her other yeah. full-time job. So she'll be taking over ministering for full-time while the lead pastor is in the hospital which means she's unavailable to do the show here at Bethel
0: mm-hmm. and then so uh recently I believe it was just Friday of last week th- late last week uh, uh Bob Milliman sent out an email announcing Katie Schmidt as the uh the stepping into that role on very short notice I mean we're uh, I believe just over a month, five weeks away from this production. Uh, kind of talk about Katie and, and, and what kind of the feeling is around the people within that musical about this change.
1: Yeah, well, I talked to one of the stars of the show, Hayden, um, Haunted Michael, I think is how you say his last name, um, before they announced Katie. And so he was telling me that they had sniffed around a couple different people. They were playing with getting someone from Wichita hiring them to come in. Um, they also talked about bringing in uh, John mckay Bianchi, who was the mm-hmm. who was the Karen before Karen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually had a chance to speak with him at lunch today and Uh, He said, yeah, they flirted with him about the idea, but he just didn't want to come out of retirement for that. But Katie Schmidt, um, I know her a little bit. She's a Bethel alum. She did a lot of acting, led several musicals when she was here. And I don't know her really well, but she has a really bubbly, fun personality. And I think she'll be a really good director and bring a lot of energy to the show, which is good when you're, I mean, five, five weeks away. That's great boost of show energy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so just let's go to entertainment in general. We've had some some stories being pumping out here early uh, in the spring semester. What are some things uh, you, you work for some really good writers and Tristan England, uh, Ariana Gomez and uh, Rebecca Schlosser. Kind of what's it been like working with them uh, especially as you've transitioned into the spring semester?
1: Yeah, I mean all three of those writers are real real rock stars I guess for the collegian <laughs> especially um especially i mean as a freshman becca schlosser has written a bunch of really good pieces some that we've nominated for the what is it the, the golden, golden leaf awards the golden leaf awards yeah, yeah. Um, and her, you'll notice her specialty is kind of, um, local art, local businesses. So right now she's doing a series on just different local stores, um, and kind of theming those lists. So like yeah. we had a coffee shop, one, a bookstore, one, I think she said she's going to do something about local plant stores. So that's kind of fun to have a series going and it's a little bit something different that we usually have on our website. Um, Tristan also a really strong writer. He likes to do more forensics and he really likes to write about the fine arts stuff going on at yeah. Bethel. Um, I don't know if he's written anything yet this semester other than a little bit of a piece on Threshy, um, <laughs> the mascot here at that's Bethel. Right. Uh, he seems to have the in on Threshy's <laughs> whereabouts, so that's kind of cool. And, yeah, Ari, um, she she likes to write reviews, and so I think she'll be writing a review of the upcoming Tick, Tick, Boom production, so that'll be fun. So, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled for that.
0: Yeah, it's a very well-rounded group for sure. You talk about Rebecca's pieces about ranking coffee shops. I mean, I don't even drink coffee, and I agree with this, so— <laughs> um so yeah just some really good entertainment stuff you can find entertainment stories on it under the entertainment tab on collegian.bethelks.edu uh ali thank you for joining uh, and uh giving us some insight into one of the bigger stories of the semester so far
1: yep thanks for having me
0: Next up joining the TBC podcast is sports writer Jenna Mahoney. Thank you for joining, Jenna.
1: You're welcome.
2: Thanks for having me. Um, I've written for The Collegian. This is my second year, and this year I'm just a sports writer, and right now I write about basketball and
0: softball. All right, so – Obviously, basketball season uh, kind of winding down here, conference play heading into the KCAC tournament season. Uh, so it's going to start on the women's side here, second year under uh, head coach Derek Pringle. Uh, there's little doubt that the women's team has shown improvement this season. Um, what do you think has been the difference between his first and second year, especially with how this team has bought into to his coaching and whatnot?
2: Yeah, so last year was his first year, and it was a little shaky. Um, I didn't follow it much last year, but I looked back at the records, and it wasn't very good. And um, this year, I think they've definitely improved a lot. I think the difference, the main difference that I've watched is he kind of has, like, rotations in his head where he has figured out, like, who he's going to play, like, Mm -hmm. when they're going to play. He's figured out, like, who does what best i think last year he didn't really know the girls very much and i think that was probably hard for him to just come in and have to be able to figure out oh who's gonna play and they had some bad injuries last year that had some red shirts and this year they're playing
0: Right, A lot of freshmen stepping up this year, uh Karen Yoder, I can think right off the top of my head who's been a big uh factor so far um and we we talked about this when we were watching one of their games uh It just feels like throughout the season they've lost a lot of close games right? yeah and 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 that is a big step improvement like we were just talking about from last season. What is the kind of the feeling with both coach Pringle and with these girls about? how close they are to, to taking that next step.
2: Yeah, so something I've definitely noticed is usually they play a really good first half and then they go into halftime and then their third quarter's kind of shaky. So I think they might get nervous and tight during halftime and they just kind of fall apart during the third quarter a little bit and then they pick it back up the fourth quarter but then by then it's too late and then they kind of get down on themselves and then after the game you see them not very happy with themselves and even when I talk to them they... They're like, yeah, it was a really close game. Like, we should have been there. Even Pringles said stuff like that before. And I just think, like, they're super close to being there.
0: Right. And I think it also has to do with them being in positions they haven't really been in before. Yeah. I think, uh, you know – To say it quite frankly, there were a lot of times last year where that game wasn't really competitive at No, not at all.
2: I think it's just lack of experience and being in good games like that.
0: Exactly, and that's always the next step for a team like that. So now looking at the men's side, um, you know there was obviously the expectations going in were a lot different than the last two seasons, right? When you lose a literal D1 caliber player and Jalen Scott, who's playing really well right now at College of Charleston, um, there were a lot of people that had to step up uh so so there's obviously been a lot of growth how do you think uh head coach Jason Artaz's staff feels about the strides this team has made over over this season they had some rough losses some very tight wins against teams that they handled pretty easily last year early in this season but now they're really kind of starting to roll here
2: yeah so I think at the beginning of the season they were definitely still shocked with the loss of Jalen Scott they were still trying to figure out who needed to step up how they were going to be okay without him and a lot of teams like in the student sections of other schools they would say stuff to our student section like you guys lost your best player you're gonna lose to us and we were <laughs> like well we know but yeah so our taz definitely talked to me about how like Cliff Bird he needed to step up a lot this year more than last year even though he played great last year but he didn't have Jalen there with him this year, and like Bryant Maccabee, Harper Jonas, Nick Bonner, even though he suffered a pretty bad injury, they all needed to step up, and then they had Carmelo Yakabu come in, and he's been a really big part of their success this year, and then... Jalen Todd, Christian Whitaker, he's started playing a lot more recently, and he's definitely been part of their success.
0: Yeah, the same thing, you know, like we just talked about the with the women, you know, you have to share that responsibility now that Scott's gone. Um, you know, obviously Artez, you know, kind of his team when he talks to you after games is we're just focusing on the next game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're focusing on Wednesday, focused on Saturday, whatever it may be. Um, how should Bethel fans feel about this team going into March, going into – The run to Hartman, you know, is that on the table for this team?
2: Um, I think it's definitely on the table. They have really good moments where it's like I could really see them winning the whole conference. But then there's also bad moments. And I'm like, wow, we really should have made that shot. Or, (laughs) like, if we would have had Jalen Scott, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But... Artez always talks about the next game. He doesn't care at all if they just won against Oklahoma Wesleyan. Even when they won against Oklahoma Wesleyan, he was like, we're thinking about the game on Saturday. We don't even care about Oklahoma Wesleyan right now. We're just thinking about beating the next team. So I think that's their mindset right now. And going into Southwestern and McPherson this week, I think they're definitely going into it hoping they win. And these are two really big games for them this week, too, to make sure they make it to Hartman. And I think it's definitely possible they make it
0: yeah and and definitely you know one of the things that another thing that we've talked about is how streaky this team has been yeah you know and and, and if they can get hot at the right time in that tournament then then yeah. I definitely think that they can make some noise uh, deep into it
2: yeah like after Oklahoma Wesleyan I think they felt really confident going into their next game and then they played super well the next game so
0: yeah and then but you know the game that we watched, you know, they had that kind of a, kind of a letdown yeah. against Ottawa. You know, that was a tough one. But again, if they can kind of just flatten it out, yeah. you know, and, and really peak at the right time, I think they'll be fine. Uh, lastly, uh, two, ba- two big games this week, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about staying on a roll. This is the best way to do it. You've got Southwestern and you've got McPherson. Yeah. Uh, two really dangerous teams. Southwestern kind of unanimously considered one of the, the most talented, most experienced rosters uh, in this league uh what do you expect to see from from uh both the women and men uh moving into this week
2: um if i'm not wrong i think our women beat southwestern the first time they played and it was a pretty like not close game like we beat them by quite a bit so hopefully they play really good again and they get hot and get going and Hopefully they figure out whatever happens in the second half that they usually mess up with. And then for the boys, they lost against Southwestern, I think, the first game, and it was at Southwestern. So I think playing at home this week will be a big factor because all our student section goes crazy, especially against Southwestern, and I think it'll be a good game, and hopefully we win. And then against McPherson, I can't remember if the girls won or not, but... I think McPherson's a pretty good girls team. I think they team. did. I
0: think the women won the first time in McPherson. I
2: think McPherson's a really good girls team right now, just from looking at the standings and stuff. And so hopefully it's just a good battle. And then the boys, I think we beat McPherson pretty bad the first game mm-hmm. at McPherson. So hopefully we can just lock in and beat them pretty bad again. Yeah,
0: Brian Mockaby had a thousand yeah, that was and, his was uh, his against McPherson. Point. And talk about student section were yeah. working with McPherson. Yeah,
2: McPherson's student section goes crazy. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I think um, I think that's all I really had. Uh, softball season coming yep, up. Yep, softball
2: uh, had their home opener on Saturday.
0: That's all right, you're going to get that rolling. Uh, thank you, Jenna, so much yeah, for, you for, for being me. willing to share some insights, some analysis, and we look forward to seeing more of your work. Thanks. Okay, next up joining the TBC Podcast is Kylie McCord. She is the head coach of the Bethel Dance Team. Uh, This is her third season as the head coach. She took over on an interim basis in 2020 to 2021, uh, got the tag removed head of 2021-2022. She led the group to a second-place finish in the NAIA Southwest Qualifier in 2021, and the team placed second in the KCAC Championships in 2022. Kylie, thank you so much for joining. Absolutely. All right. So first off, uh, you know, after inheriting a program with six girls on the roster in 2021, Kind of go over what's it been like to see this group grow over time uh, in, in your time as head coach here at Bethel?
3: All right. So when I first stepped in, I was like not even sure what I was going to walk into on the first day. I knew one of the girls on the dance team, and that's one of the reasons that kind of drew me in to want to coach and help them because I think they had been lacking like a lot of supervision and the coaching that they needed to get to where the program needs to be. It takes a lot of work and a lot of focus, a lot of practice. Um, it's been a lot of fun and um, challenging watching them grow. Um, they've had to adapt to a lot of different things because, like, the first couple years they had a different coach. I don't think they were practicing every single day of the week, um, not constant dance supervision. But it's just been a lot of fun watching them grow, adding new members to the team, um, veterans adapting to the new girls coming onto the team and combining our skills to – just continue to grow. And even this year though, has still been a growing year. I lost like three of my girls that were, had some good technical skills and replaced them with some really good dancers, but um, they were beginners to some of the techniques. So we're still growing. I hope by next year we can do some more different kind of styles of turns and it's just been a lot of fun, but it's also been challenging. I'm glad I jumped in and did it and it's fun just to watch the program grow and I get a lot of compliments about it looking a lot bigger on the halftime court and at football games. So that's nice. And then, like I said, on the comp floor, we have a really challenging routine this year, and they're doing a great job.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so, what does the recruiting front uh, look like for dance? You know, for someone, uh, including myself, honestly, who may not be familiar with that process, how do you go about uh, bringing new members into the Bethel dance program?
3: All right. Well, it's really hard because it's not like we have like, um, special like sites that like a lot of the other programs have, like where people, you know, log on and they have their videos online and they're tapped into like NAIA and then, you know, you can watch them and they're really trying to heavily get recruited. Mm -hmm. A lot of the girls, um, I've gotten off of Instagram. Um, I, track them on Instagram, see what dance teams they're on, watch them dance, reach out to them that way. Then I might go watch them dance at one of their high schools or they might send me a video. Um, there are a couple little like showcase things that they do locally. There's, um, rally in the Valley, but that's a lot of cheer teams. And then they also do, um, the Wichita North high dance show. And that's toward like the beginning of the year, like November, and a lot of like surrounding Kansas high schools go and they're like, just basically showing off their routines. And that gives us a chance to kind of set up a table there, walk around, um, try to get different girls from the high schools, fill out cards, and then we just follow up from there. But again, a lot of it is just like social media. Um, We just don't have like a lot of resources that that's something we're lacking. So it does make it really
0: hard. And then, you know, looking at the competition schedule two weekends ago, um, your team in conjunction with the cheer program hosted the annual Thresher Invitational. Um, I was actually able to to help out with that a little bit and see that schedule. And it it was kind of mind boggling. So many teams, Uh, what kind of work goes in uh, behind the scenes into putting on an event like that?
3: Well, there is a lot of um, back work that we do. I mean, Coach Gogus, he's amazing. He's been doing this. I think it's the seventh or eighth year that he's done it. And so he's kind of got it all pretty pinpointed down. You know, you advertise that you're going to have this. And a lot of people already know, this is the salt. This is the, that first weekend in February is when he's always done it. So everybody almost always knows that he gets a lot of, um, schools that are nationally ranked from out of state that, you know, who sign up, um, the back work on it is like, you know, ordering the trophies, medals. Um, we have a, like an assigner that assigns the judges. Um, some of the other back work is like, there's these books that we have to make that everybody from all other teams, we have outlines of our routines. So they send those to us. We put them kind of in order in the book. Then we have score sheets and all those are labeled with all the team's names and orders. Um, several other things go into those, um, books for the judges. And that's mainly my job. Like when I stepped in, to start coaching. Like, I was like, okay, what can I do to help? So I organize all those books and do that back work for him, which I know is very helpful because before he did all this by himself. Um, then just setting up the coaches meeting, um, him setting up that schedule, which I think is pretty tedious, like the times of how everybody's going to go out on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then we just have a great group of people that help like the day of the event our SID and then several other people in the athletic department there. And they're getting the things from the judges, making the copies. And then we have our lighting and our sound and they come the day before. And it kind of just turns into running pretty smoothly this year. Also in our, um, room that we have, that's our warm-up room. We had Lily who was a past cheerleader and she actually ran that room there. So she made sure every group was going through doing stretching and then their warm up and then their full out. And so we can make it run smooth. But like I said, Coach Gokus does a great job of it. And I'm just kind of there to help with the small details. But it, it is a process and relieving when it's done, but it's a lot of fun and He's made it so cool for the teams because it just, it turns into more of an experience with all the lights. Cause the other, um, competitions we go to, it's not like that. You're just dancing in a gym, like at a game. There's not all those flashy lights.
0: <laughs> right. You know, and you, you talk about, uh, the practice room. I was actually able to help out with the, with the timer, uh, in the practice room and it, it's a lot more uh, complex than it looks. Um, right. so so shifting the focus kind of to, to your team this season. Um, how do you feel about your team's performances, uh, so far and, and kind of how this group has meshed together, uh, with, you know, with a considerable amount of new faces?
3: Right. I feel like this season, the team has done well for game day and then even for comp, like I started out with trying to have nine girls on the floor. I lost some in the process just for different reasons. Um, It's taken them a while to mesh. I feel like once they came back from Christmas, they were like, okay, it's time to go. You know, it's time to get this figured out. And the new girls have stepped up and filled some big shoes from last year. Um, Our first comp we went to was pretty neat because this is where they really, they kind of look around and they see the other teams that are in their conference. And they're like, oh, that team is good. Coach has been, you know, telling us, hey, this is probably where you're going to fall this is what we're not doing that they're doing. This is what we can continue to keep doing well, which is we try to put a clean routine on the floor. Um, just work hard every day, do what we can do the best that we can do each day. Um, but yeah, it took them a minute, but then I think that particular day of that first competition at Kansas Wesleyan, they were like, wow, okay, it's showtime. We got to do this. And I feel like they had a great first performance, um, and now it's just building from there. And we changed a few r- things in our routine for a conference this Friday. So hopefully that will help, you know, up the score a little bit. Absolutely. And that's where we're at.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and you already brought up uh, the KCAC competition this Friday, the yes. 17th. Um, so, yes. you know, what's the overall message to your group uh, in preparation for that? And, and what are you expecting to see from your team?
3: Well, I just want to give them the message that I want is give it all you have on the floor and have fun. And they only, the thing about dance is like when you go, when we go to do a routine, you know, we only get to do it once. It's not like you miss a basket or you miss something and then you get to try again and redo it. It's like right. you've done it once you get one time and, and that's it. That's all everybody sees. So it's like, that's the biggest fear is you go out there and you're like, Oh, let's try to hit everything we can on the floor. But even if we don't hit everything, push through, keep working hard, smile and just, try to get it as clean as they can get it and have a lot of fun. Because in the end, I mean, like we've, we've made it this far, you know, once you're on the floor, you've done everything you can at practice and just put it all out there and have a good time. As far as like where, you know, last year we like were one and a half points from getting first this year. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a little bit different this year in conference. Some of the other teams have kept a lot of their returners. Mm-hmm. So they're doing some turn combos that, we're not doing right now this year so our choreography has stepped up and is a lot harder than it was last year so we can gain some points there and if we have a clean routine that helps it and then the energy they always just want more and more energy and just us building the stamina might improve our score so main message is let's go out there work really hard try to gain some more points and we'll see if we end up higher than we have in the last few competitions
0: absolutely oh I sure will be looking forward to to seeing those results on Friday, seeing how the team uh, competes. Uh, Kylie, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for all you do for Bethel. Thank you. And that'll do it for episode number two of the TBC podcast. Once again, I'm your host and editor-in-chief of The Collegian, Brett Esch. Next episode will be published on February 28th. Once again, the show can be found on the website, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Thank you for listening, and we will see you back here next time.